Hey everyone, this is Matthew, just coming in at the top of this episode to explain why it's a couple days late. Took me a while to get around to editing it for reasons that are probably pretty easy to guess at if you live in the United States. Uh, Wanted to pass along a message from me and Ashley asking that you please, if you're of the means, consider donating to the Minnesota Freedom Fund uh, to pay people to bail, and also to consider donating to Black Visions Collective, which is a Minnesota-based organization that believes in a future where all Black people have autonomy, safety is community-led, and uh, we're all in the right relationship within our ecosystems. So please consider giving money to those organizations and uh, stay safe. Remember that Black Lives Matter and that we need to get justice for George Floyd. Diane, it is 7.58 p.m., May 26th, 2020. Something, something, something. Weather is 66 degrees in New York City. Uh, That's Fahrenheit for you. I can click the little Celsius button here. 19 degrees Celsius. Precipitation 5%, humidity 77%. Wind, you don't need to know the wind. That's the bit. That's the opening of the show. Hello. (laughs) Welcome to Twin Peaks Peaks. My name is Ashley Brandt. I'm Matt Olson doing the Dale Cooper bit at the top with the then the plugged on weather report bit it, at the yeah. end. It's a bit yeah. it's a bit on a bit. It's a hat on a hat. <laughs> it's a hat on a hat. That's a great way of putting it. In that I shouldn't have either hat on, probably. <laughs> um yeah, this is Twin Peaks Peaks weather report edition volume I'm not even sure at this point. Three. Uh, <laughs> Truly, it could be four, five, who knows. Um, We're here to talk about the weather and things we've been watching. And even this week, a thing that David Lynch made that we've been watching that is not the weather. Or maybe it is. I don't know. Maybe our interpretation (laughs) will say it's the weather. But first, Ashley, how are you doing? Um, I'm good. I... (laughs) want to say what i did over the weekend and then i remember my mom is still subscribed to this podcast so um so fill in the blanks (laughs) i will just say i had a very restorative um um, experience and um yeah i'm feeling better than i have all of quarantine wonderful that's good to hear yeah how are you doing (laughs) (laughs) i didn't even wait for you to ask it's just like yeah you know if you couldn't tell from the intro uh, but I guess, you know, weather check-in, he's still doing them. We're still here. Uh, seems like things are getting warmer, maybe on average, maybe a little less cloudy in the morning. I've seen a lot of those blue skies filtering in through David's basement window, washing the whole thing in blue. So uh seems like a nice time to be in L.A. if you can enjoy the outdoors at all. Yeah. I mean, if you're quarantining, might as well be not in a teeny tiny New York City apartment. Yeah, it would be definitely advisable. Definitely something I'm looking into. Yeah. You know, at least a balcony, right? Wouldn't a balcony be so sick right now? Yeah. You don't have one. No, but you're going to end up with one of those like Juliet balconies that only exist in New York, which is really just like a door that opens directly onto the street and is like three feet or three stories above the ground i i would take 
an, a literal door that just opens out to the side of the building right now. Yeah. If I could just dangle my, my legs over the side of it, that'd be great. Uh, I would dangle those feet and I would plop my laptop precariously up on my lap and I would see what else is on David Lynch's YouTube channel, which last week, and we didn't talk about it because we didn't realize it was going up when we recorded, uh, included a short film in addition to the weather reports. Yeah, it is a short film called Fire um, or Pozar, which is a Serbo-Croatian word that also means fire. Um, And it is a short film from 2015. Um, it was a collaboration with, sorry, I have to pull up the name of the composer. Um, I've got it right here, if you'd like. Hit me with it. Uh, Merrick Zabrowski, who also did an album with Lynch in the mid-2000s. And this was, I believe, directed and drawn by, or I think that's, I think that's the phrasing, directed and drawn by David, uh, but edited slash animated by, uh, collaborator editor of his uh, uh of lynch's rather uh noriko miyokawa who also worked on the return and that weird duran duran thing that i'm sure that we talked about ages ago but didn't actually watch yeah um it borrows a lot of imagery from part eight of the return the theater which is also very reminiscent of mulholland drive well we should say it doesn't borrow from part eight so much as it I guess presages that. Yeah, um, yeah. This was this was debuted at some gallery event that that David was involved in, if I'm not mistaken. The 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 theater framing at the start. Now that David Lynch theater is his YouTube channel, I feel like that crushed black and white like JPEG that's used at the start is actually of the Part Eight theater. I feel like it is too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you're right, like even the the film itself starts with kind of the arched uh frame uh before we see uh the story of fire or Pozar. and um I will just say flat out that I'm kind of at a loss for my interpretation of it for some reason, you'd think after years of this, I would expect it, but when the creepy little worm came out of the hole, I was like, nope, I definitely feel uncomfortable this is <laughs> this is a surprise, even though I should not be surprised um I'm curious to hear your thoughts on what. Uh, Pozar is oh god I mean I I feel very much the same as you in that I wish I had an answer it feels very um early man like cave drawing-esque um and it feels a little allegory of the cave in a certain way the one thing fire brings to mind for me uh is prometheus that's the first thing and then i guess in the cave you'd be like you know shedding light on things or a light that changes things and there's definitely some like some metamorphosis type vibes going on here things coming out of things things seemingly becoming other things yeah it's very macabre uh you know i i like that about it i like that it's spooky um we're not getting all of the good horror releases that i was looking forward to this year so now we have this so you'll take little 10 minute clips from david yeah please um the music uh zabrowski's score which i believe is just a piece of music by him i don't know if it was made for this piece uh if this is something david liked of his that he animated over the top of or what um but i don't believe david was involved in um in playing anything on the piece it's striking i i feel like to go back to the party comparison, like I feel like black and white David Lynch 
plus like any animated element, plus any kind of strings heavy piece that's going to kind of spike my anxiety uh, is going to take me right back to that. And I guess, one, I wonder why release this now and why release this actually to take it seriously with the weather reports. Right. And, And two, like if someone could actually like sit David down and be like, would you talk about this in relation to part eight? Like, what do we think, you know, would he even treat it as though that was a valid question? No, Probably not. No, absolutely not. <laughs> if we're trying to tease out the commonalities here and themes that we actually think he would engage on rather than just like the work speaks for itself, I wonder what it would be. It's, it's also easy to just leap straight to uh, the bits of the return and part eight, the concern, the mother and Bob and Laura and all that stuff. So, yeah. you know, revisiting same thing themes for sure. Did I ramble on too long there? Am I going to have to I cut this bit out? <laughs> may, I, I don't think so. I just like, I, I have, I, I'm at a loss for words with this film, <laughs> you know? It's fair. Uh, then let's, let's treat this like we're analyzing it. Like we're, um, I'm going to be generous to ourselves and say middle schoolers. Um, oh my God. What was your, what was your favorite uh, oh little God. animated character of the film? Oh my God. Um, I mean like the spooky shit at the end. Like that is my shit. Like the weird skull and hands and all of the little spooky critters. You know what that reminds me of? The very end reminds me of the animated movie Watership Down and the animations that they did for like the the spirit of the dead bunnies like Mm. going to live in the afterlife i've not actually seen the animated version of watership down you should see it it's very violent and disturbing and it haunted my childhood Uh, yeah i just i just searched it holy shit john hurt starred in this yeah, it had wow. like an all-star voice cast. It's a very Oh boy. Yeah, it... I'm looking at a I'm looking at some Google image results uh for it and you're absolutely right. This is this is pretty terrifying. Yeah. Um... I see the comparison and I also I you know, this is exactly the kind of movie that my partner's rabbit is never allowed to see. Oh my god. <laughs> Ugh, yeah. Poor Pablo. It's um very bloody they went for it um there's a lot about mortality (laughs) um if you also had a terrifying childhood experience with watership down let us know if you are watching this movie as an adult let us know um yeah i believe i've seen it up on youtube and places like that i've definitely watched it again as an adult um and it's worth watching and just to just to prove our, our stuff, I'll say there's another Lynch connection there because John Hurt was the Elephant Man. So there we go. There uh, we go. And almost contemporaneously, come to think of it, because uh, Watership Down was 78, so yeah. not too far off. Yeah. Pozar. I don't know what else to make of it other than, I guess, setting aside analysis, setting aside our reactions to it. Do we think there's going to be more where this came from? Because this is something that was released previously or shown previously. You know, does he have plans to actually, like, have a YouTube channel? I mean, it certainly seems like it. I think the... um, Sorry, I think that the name of the channel, David Lynch Theater, is, like, very suggestive of something. 
of, of something bigger. Yeah, yeah, and it's not like David Lynch blog yeah. or something. So David Lynch vlogs. <laughs> vlogs. Oh God. Yeah. Here, so here's hoping, I guess, that there's more. But like, another question for you, Ashley. Do you think starting a YouTube channel uh, is David Lynch throwing in the towel for it being a ridiculous idea to watch things on your phone? Oh, that's a great question. That's a great question. You're someone who actually has to think about the difference in viewing experience for your job. Like, part of what you do for work does entail, like, thinking whether or not something would work as seen through a lens of social media on a screen that people scroll through and so forth. Well, I will uh, I will tell you that the default assumption that we work with is that it's on your phone, that you are scrolling through social media on your phone, uh, because that is indeed where the majority of impressions and users are on social media platforms. So, yeah, I wonder, like, you know, at a certain point, did David just go after after realizing TV is the new art house? He's like, and people are going to watch my weather reports on their phone. They're probably going to watch my short films on their phone. I can't stop this, like, might as well. I don't know. Maybe. I'd be curious to know if he realizes that or if he realizes how heavily YouTube is weighed towards mobile users. Um, Do we want to talk about what else we've been consuming in quarantine? Sure. How about you start? Okay. Well, uh, this Friday is the season finale of RuPaul's Drag Race. Um, and RuPaul's Drag Race has really filled a void in my life uh, these past few years that we have not been doing the podcast. I will not say it's filled a Twin Peaks void. It has maybe filled the Kardashians void in my life. Um, yeah, uh, it's been a weird season. I know people really like this season. I th- It's very RuPaul's best friend race. Uh, if you want to talk about the intricacies of... RuPaul's Drag Race and editing uh, together a competitive reality show about uh, queer people and femininity, um, let me know on Twitter. But then we're going to roll right into All Stars 5 and then Canada's Drag Race, which honestly is the thing I'm most excited about because that cast looks amazing. And my number one girl is the permanent judge slash host. And is all that already taped? So it's like set content for the coming months yeah that stuff all films like a year in advance wow incredible so you're like actually set with like new tv to watch for a while yeah thank god um rue has definitely been taking advantage of the quarantine and for the past like four weeks on friday nights has been like vh1 has been airing a three and a half hour block of rupaul's drag race not reruns all new content, which wow. <laughs> I've had nothing better to do than watch. How's the um? How's the fracking going? How is the fracking going? Um, great question. Great They're not question. covering that in the three and a half hour block. Not yet, at least. <laughs> oh God, no. Uh, well, for my update this week, uh, I'm gonna go a little off the beaten path here. Oh, you know what I watched yesterday <laughs> or two days ago? You don't often chime in with the, I watched some trash. <laughs> uh, Showgirls. Oh, we should talk about that more. I've still not seen it, but that's yeah. that's our boy Kyle in one oh, of the most let's, infamous We'll loop back around to this one. 
<laughs> maybe you know what maybe that's my homework for this week is i should watch showgirls and oh we can God. discuss it next week yeah if you have access to stars it is available for you to watch on the internet i'm sure i can find a way to watch showgirls on the internet um yeah so my my thing this week the thing i wanted to talk about actually is the game control and by extension because i just started replaying it the game alan wake which i'm sure i've mentioned on the show at least once before but um control and alan wake both are made by remedy entertainment and uh the latter alan wake which came out just about a decade ago it just celebrated its uh 10th anniversary uh that game is twin peaks the game twin peaks the unlicensed game and a little bit stephen king the unlicensed game to the point where it literally starts with the main character who is a writer uh quoting stephen king directly (laughs) um every possible stylistic touch they could yoink straight from Twin Peaks is there, including having uh, a stand-in for the log lady who actually carries uh, a lantern around. Um, And I mean, her name is Margaret Lanterman, so even that's like not that different of a thing. Um, In in the show, her name is not the, I I, don't recall. I thought you were telling me that she had the exact same name and I was like, no, no, no. (laughs) Sorry. I had to clarify that. Um, But it was pretty cool for what it was at the time. Control is their game from last year, and it was not marketed at all as, like, a follow-up. People keep calling it SCP, the game. Are you familiar with SCP, Ashley? No. Secure, Contain, Protect, or something is the anagram. It's like if uh, X-Files and Wikipedia were mashed together. So it's, like, user-edited, like, creepy stories or creepy pastas. Oh. Uh, yes yeah yeah but they have like a whole submission process and like lore is like very carefully like added to these various entries in it right and so control is a bit like a bit like that but i'd say it's more like if scully got superpowers and it also connects back to the twin peaksy game alan wake uh like they connect those two universes and so I built a new PC in quarantine and I was playing Control again because it's very pretty. And I guess it's just because of this podcast, I was just like, you know what? I want to go revisit the 10-year-old Twin Peaks ripoff game. When are you going to watch The Leftovers? Again, I don't think now's the right time. <laughs> Ashley, do you have any recommendations for things I should watch that are not Drag Race and that won't uh, make me completely fucking devastated at the end? Because I'm also pretty sure that, like, Leftovers, okay. themes aside, isn't a happy-go-lucky ending. It's, a, it's, it's not the downer that you think it is, but it is okay. a very heavy series. Uh, Animals on HBO um rewatched that recently um it's a little on the nose for the times um i mean that's it that's it for happy stuff <laughs> yeah i just rewatched the venture brothers that i was gonna Again. say that yeah <laughs> <laughs> i got you at the pass well i think that uh now that i've uh pulled that correctly i think that's probably a good time to to call it quits for the the episode whatever episode this is i've already forgot three yeah part part three of question mark question mark question yeah um so as ever i'm still matthew olson you can find me pretty easily on twitter but i've got nothing to promote (laughs) um and i'm ashley brant and uh i want to talk to you about rupaul's drag race 
yeah so so reach out for that stuff anyway uh so long as david lynch keeps it up uh we'll be back next week to maybe discuss showgirls maybe discuss how i'm doing with venture brothers or god knows what ashley do you do you have anything you want to tease our listeners with for next week uh no no i don't unless i start watching the leftovers again (laughs) do you want to send us out then uh sure don't forget to brush your teeth harriet (laughs) 